moment, so is Kylian Baptiste, but here comes the Olympic champion. She is the greatest female sprinter in the world. It's not a girl thing, it's a skills thing. Welcome to a new podcast of Women in Sport, where we bring you curated stories and learn together as we delve into the main debates in the field. Here with you are your hosts, Sophie Timmerman and Tess Mosteris. She's pushing really hard right there, but they're just swinging around with her. They're following her every move. Really dynamic wall, but here we see the American Jammer coming up now into turn three straight away. Beautiful little sweep on the inside line opens up that space for the American Jammer to get on through. Four further points scored. That is roller derby. Roller derby is a roller skating contact sport. It was popular in the first half of the 20th century. Then, in the early 2000s, he came back to life as an all-female sport. Today, there are over 2,000 amateur leagues worldwide. Today, we talk to roller derby commentator and former Rainy City Roller Derby president, Carly Harper, aka the lovely beer tricks. The Rainy City Roller Derby ranks 10th in the world and 1st in Europe. In this episode, we'll talk about how to build a team from zero, the revival of the sport, and what it takes to become a roller derby player. So how did you first hear about roller derby and how did your personal journey with roller derby begin? I started Rainy City Roller Derby back in 2008. Um, So I was just skating around at the local sports center, going in circles, loving my life, you know, remembering when I was a kid and I used to roller skate and I really enjoyed it. And what happened was one night it was just channel hopping and I saw these skaters, it was a really random cable channel, and there were these skaters, all these women, going round a track, bashing into each other, and I was like, what, what is this? I don't understand. And so like, I I googled it, and it's roller derby, and it's this American sport, and it's a resurgence from the 1970s, um, where it was kind of a little bit like a bit of a show, but a bit like kind of wrestling, where they used to kind of do lots of tricks and things, and they'd had bank track roller derby, and then they had this flat track roller derby, but it was making a big comeback. It had this big rebirth in Texas, and the flat track roller derby revolution had started all over again. And what I'd actually seen on this cable TV show was um, a tournament that they held out in the States, um, and I think it was called the Dust Bowl, um, And yeah, so it kind of started up again and it was springing across America. And I thought, I need to get involved in this. I don't I don't know what it is, but I need it in my life. And I had not played sports since I'd left high school. Like I was not an athletic person at all. Um, I didn't have a first clue about what I was going to do. So I was Googling it. Um, I was Facebooking. Facebook had really only just started. I was Facebooking like roller derby, roller derby, teams near me. I want to be a roller girl. You know, how do I do it? Um, and so kind of like held on to this little dream in my head for months, like, how can I start a roller derby league? How can little old me in Manchester do this all by myself? And then I just so happened to see there was a, um, a boot camp happening. So like a training day happening in Leeds, which wasn't very far away from me. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm going to go to it. So I paid my 30 pounds or whatever it was. And I turned up and I had my little, um, skates on and, um, you know, I came out of the changing rooms and I had my helmet on and this um there was teams there from from Scotland and from Birmingham and London 
and it was all really super exciting and Leeds were starting up a league and um, I was the only person there from Manchester. I didn't have a team, I just turned up and I came out of the changing rooms with my little skates on, my knee pads and everything. I was shaking, I was so nervous. I thought, what have I got myself into? And this big Scottish skater said, hey hen, you've got your helmet on back to front. I was like, oh, right, okay, I'm going to turn the helmet round, you know. And I spent this whole day learning all the skills, like the basics from these amazing skaters and just being like really set. Yes, this is what I want to do. And now I need to find other people to make it happen with me because you can't be a roller derby team of one person, right? Like it doesn't work like that. So I put out on MySpace, does anybody want to start a roller derby? I mean, this is, you know, does anybody want to start a roller derby league with me? And this this uh, girl got in touch and she said, yeah, I'm from America, I've skated, I'd love to do it. And I was like, right, there's two of us now. So we met up and we had all these great plans and we held an open day and there was all these other women who really wanted to do it, but probably couldn't skate just like me, you know. And somehow we made it happen. So how is its team organized? You've got five people from your team out on the track, okay? You've got four blockers and you've got a jammer. Now, your jammer is your point scorer, okay? So their aim of their game is to get around the track as quickly as possible and score points. Every time they pass an opposing team's blocker, they score a point, and the jammer, they score a point. So that's five points that they can grab. But obviously, there's another team on the track with four blockers and a jammer, and they're trying to do the same thing. So you've got a race going on between the jammers. They're trying to get through past the blockers, Yeah, they're trying to get around the track and they're trying to catch up with those blockers again to get past them again to start scoring points. So it sounds like a really, really thrilling game. Can you just tell us what the penalties are? So what is allowed and what isn't allowed? So this is a very physical game, played on skates, moving quickly. We ain't stood still. We're not punching each other. We're not pushing each other over. That's illegal. You're going to get sent to the penalty box for that. We're not tripping each other up with our legs. We're using skill in a dynamic way whilst we're also trying to balance on eight wheels. In terms of penalties, what's definitely not allowed, so you're not allowed to punch somebody, obviously. I've already touched on that. You're not allowed to elbow somebody. So you couldn't just go in, lead with your elbow and elbow them in the in the side of their body or whatever. You're not allowed to push somebody over. You're not allowed to trip them. Um, you're not allowed to do things like cutting the track. So what you hope there as a blocker is that actually what you're going to do is you're going to cause frustration. And when frustration happens, mistakes happen. And when mistakes happen, penalties happen. Yeah. So sometimes it's about that psychological side. So, okay, we're playing a game of rugby on skates, but then we're also playing a game of chess on skates because it's about the mind and the strategy there. And it's about the physicality and the strategy there and then using that space that's available to you to make all that work and hoping that your teammates are all drilled and on the same page as you and hoping that the other team doesn't have exactly the same strategy and knows how to break through. So how do you go from being a new team to become one of the best teams in Europe? At this point, Rainy City Roller Derby, we were a good team but we were not traveling to Europe or America to play in games there. We were, you know, a big fish in a small pond, you know. Um, and so we started looking for a venue and we found one and then we secured funding from the National Lottery to be able to make it an inspired venue. And 
So we basically, as a league, did all the hard work, ripping out stages, sanding floors, you know, everything. And we had this amazing building. And what that meant was we were able to really kind of progress with our training. So we were able to recruit more skaters. We could have different levels of team ability. Um, and at the same time, roller derby across the UK and Europe really exploded as well. So there was lots of interest. And I think kind of in line with the growth of social media, so Facebook and Twitter, it allowed people to connect and then also see that they may also want to be part of this really niche sport. Um, and so the popularity grew, which meant competition grew, skill grew, and competition in the UK and Europe was able to be a, a real thing. So rather than kind of having this far off dream about one day going to America and being able to play the top teams in the world in America, you were able to say one day we'll be able to go to Sweden and play Malmo Crime City Rollers, who were absolutely phenomenal, you know, and and that dream became a reality. Um, European leagues were able to get to a point where they were also able to go to America and compete against these these once dreaming, once, you know, heady kind of heights of the American teams. Europeans were actually able to go out there with confidence and skill in their ability and, and go and, and play these teams and be equal matches, which was absolutely fantastic. So what it did is it really kind of started to remodel the sport into a real global sport with real pathways to um, competition that was achievable for people. What was the biggest challenge with this um, evolution? The big problem with all of this, of course, is cash, right? So roller derby is a grassroots sport through and through. There's a governing body. Um, but in terms of funding, it is completely self-funded by skaters. There may be... Um, you know, uh, deals done in terms of sponsorship, but that sponsorship isn't money monetary based. That sponsorship is we'll give you skates or helmets or wheels, which is expensive, but doesn't cover the cost of a flight to New York or going out to New Zealand. Is that global? That that's global. Yeah, yeah, global. I think what you do see is a difference in support from local government. So if I'm thinking about European friends, a lot of those leagues may well have support from local government with reduced rates for sports halls because they're recognised as a as a, um, an athletic body. Um, but that really varies wildly. And of course, in America, there's a lot more space, a lot more skating rinks, so there's more opportunity to find venues. Whereas in the UK, you're competing with squash and indoor football and you have to try and find your slot in between it. Um but in Europe, it generally felt like there was a lot more support from local government to be able to enable those practices and games to be able to be be held and, and therefore then grow the health of your own league. So money is a huge um, factor in the sport. And that then leads down to barriers of the sport, barriers for participation. So not only is kit quite expensive, so buying your skates, your knee pads, your elbow pads, your helmet. Um, and maintaining them but then you've also got to factor in travel and hotels and tournament play so it can be quite a barrier to participation and I think that's why what's really great to see is the more homegrown tournaments that are certainly in the UK and Europe now where they are based in the same country at least you know they you can travel to them quite easily and then come home again so it's a real reduction in cost and I guess the challenge for leagues is to kind of 
set out their ambitions and decide how much money they're willing to spend on that dream. There were some talks um, before about roller derby becoming Olympic. What is your opinion about that? Hmm. I think that's a really big question. And I think that's, I think it's a dream, isn't it, for a lot of sports to be recognised in a kind of Olympic setting. Um, and I think it's a great aspiration to have for any sport, absolutely. Do I think it's possible for roller derby? Or do I think it's needed for roller derby? I think there's two very different questions there, isn't there? Um, I don't think it's needed for the success of roller derby to continue, even a worldwide global pandemic notwithstanding. Um, I think it would be great to see some more modern sports in the Olympics and sports where um, athletes of all representations can be seen and you can see them. So as a young girl, being able to see an athletic body that doesn't look like an Olympic runner would be fantastic. Somebody who is bigger, but still strong, still an athlete, still, you know, an absolute representation of what an athlete should be. Um, but do I think that the steps are there? I, I don't think we're there as a sport yet. We're still very young. We're still very, very young, you know, 20, 20 years old. I think the rules can be tricky for people to learn. I think the barrier to participation would be a larger problem in terms of... Um, being a sport that's great for Olympics. So I think it's difficult um, to say with confidence that, yeah, we absolutely should be an Olympic sport or, yes, that we're absolutely right for the Olympics as well. I think um, what I think would be more helpful for the sport would be for national skating associations to recognise them more widely, for funding to be available for women um, and people who identify as women in sport for that to be more available to roller derby, for spaces to be carved out, for safe spaces to be carved out, for people to be able to learn and play roller derby. So I think that what what we should absolutely concentrate our efforts on as a global community is forwarding that agenda and actually making it as accessible as possible. And that accessibility comes down to money and it comes down to spaces and venues and support from local government organisations. And I think until we solve that, we can't even begin to have that bigger dream and build building blocks towards things like the Olympics. When roller derby was big in the 60s, it wasn't considered a female-only sport. But the revival was, and continues to be mostly female. Why do you think this happened, and what is there in roller derby that attracts women so much? I think it kind of came back as kind of the Women's Flat Track Roller Derby Association. I think there was, um, my understanding is that from the history of it, that kind of mixed sex, bank track, showman-y kind of um, roller derby that was back in the 1960s, 70s, you know, they, they wanted to move away from the gimmick. They wanted to move away from it being a spectacle and bringing it more into an athletic sport. Um, and the evolution of that... It, was uh, by a woman, Electra, and um, and by the Texas uh, Roller Girls. So I think that was kind of a natural progression that it it was women 
and men certainly played a role in terms of officiating and, and um, non-skating officials and volunteering and support in that way. Um, but it was really kind of seen as being a, I think it was really badged as just being this women's sport because there are so many other sports, I guess, where men just can walk right in there and that's great for them, you know? Um, so this was kind of nice that it was just a very specific and targeted sport. As we've evolved and moved on, you obviously now have men's roller derby. We have the World Cup for roller derby and then there is a men's roller derby World Cup. So it's not that there isn't opportunities for men to be able to play this sport, but it is great that there is still, if you're female, female presenting, that you're able to be in this space and it and it's yours and you own it. And I think the empowering thing about roller derby, for me personally, starting a league that went from zero to being, you know, uh, one of the top 10 teams in the world. I wasn't skating on the team. I have to add that. I'm, I am now just, just a lonely announcer who travels the world and announces games. But from seeing a league start to reaching those kind of worldwide recognition heights, what it gives you is a sense of ownership of, 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 a, of something that's, it's very unique. Yeah, it's it's a space where you have that social network, you have that um, competitive side, you have people who want to invest in you and bring out the best in you to be able to help a team perform better. You have people who absolutely commit night on night, hours and hours to improve their team. And it's a space within the world that I don't think women always see elsewhere where we're not being pitched against each other, you know, in that really kind of classic woman against woman that we see in the media so much. Um, we're not relying on external bodies to help provide that space, to help provide that funding, to help provide that tutoring, that coaching. We're doing it ourselves yeah, we're making it happen. So if something doesn't happen, it's down to us. But if great things happen, that's also down to us. That's our successes. And then we're able to share those successes with new skaters who come in. We're able to continue that skill building, that knowledge, learning, and also that that feeling of belonging and ownership. And I'm not sure that there are many other spaces in this world, either in sport or elsewhere, where you really get that sense of community that is really just focused on improving women. One thing that we also found out when while we were researching a bit more is obviously, you know, the names you give your teams and sometimes within the team. So can you tell us a bit more about that? Is it important to have these names and what, what part does it play? The name thing, it kind of, it's very different now to when I first started. So when you first started, you had to choose your roller derby name, okay? There was a spreadsheet that was global and you had to check the spreadsheet, see if your name had already been taken, then apply to have your name registered. Um, obviously, as the sport grew, that was no longer a thing. Uh, but I remember we came up uh, we're Manchester based so Rainy City Roller Derby Rainy City Roller Girls as we were in the beginning you know perfect name it's the Rainy City of course we're going to be called that we checked the spreadsheet there was another Rainy City Rainy City Roller Dolls in America so we had to email them 
And they said, it's absolutely fine. We'll probably never meet or play each other. So, you know, there's no problem. There'll be no confusion. Um, <laughs> but we did later on down the line. Um, so the great thing is, is that you, you, so you choose this name. So the league name, it's very important. And it was kind of really punny at the time. So you've got like Tiger Bay Brawlers down in Cardiff. Fantastic team, you know, taking it from the Tiger Bay down there. Brilliant idea. In London, you had straightforward London Roller Girls. You had the Rocking Rollers. And then on top of that, then skaters also had names. And like I said, you had to check the register to see if your name was taken. And that was like a really big part of your personality. And I think in those early days, what it gave you was that permission almost, or that ability, that pseudonym to be more aggressive because roller derby is an aggressive sport. It's controlled aggression, but it's an aggressive sport. And I think it allowed you to play out that persona on track that perhaps wasn't you. And in a lot of articles, you always read mild teacher by day, roller derby player by night, you know, but there's a reality in that, isn't there? In that women um, often can be perceived as being the softer sex, the fairer sex, a lot more gentle, mild, and you don't perhaps traditionally want to imagine them as being quite aggressive. Well, if you're being told that all the time, how do you become more aggressive? Actually, taking on a pseudonym can help with that. So then you see this big explosion of roller derby names, some of them fantastic names, uh, often unrepeatable on TV, <laughs> which is great and I love it. What we've seen uh, in the past five years, I'd say, is an evolution again where people say, you know, I'm quite happy for my name to be on the back of my shirt that I pay for and work really hard for. And I want people to see the recognition of my name on that shirt. You know, I'm representing the name on the front, but that's my name on the back and I want people to be able to see that. And I feel completely comfortable in being me off the track and me on the track. So there's a real mix. People still really love to have those names, but also people are equally empowered to be able to just use their own name and, and go with that. Um, and I think that's a really nice evolution, again, of the sport that actually women now, and maybe an evolution in the society, is that people now are able to say, yeah, yeah, I play an aggressive sport. It's really hard. It's really physical. It's really hard work. I'm really good at it. And so that's my name on the back, and I want you to be able to see it. Can we ask you what your roller derby name was and why? Uh, my roller derby name is, is it's uh, Beatrix, spelled B-I-E-R-T-R-I-X. And my number was 1664 because at the time I really liked beer. And that was, that was the be all and end all of it. Would I choose it again now? Probably not. I'd probably go for something a little bit funnier, maybe. Um, but that's my name and I'm sticking with it and that's the name that I still announce under the lovely Beatrix um, that was added on because um, I needed to make sure people knew I was really lovely <laughs> even when I was perhaps being mean about their gameplay on track now you're a game commentator which one has been your favorite game so far I think the my most favorite game to ever commentate even though it actually broke my heart was um, Malmo 2017 D1 playoffs. You can watch it on the WFTDA channel on YouTube. And that was Lon London versus Rainy City. And so we were like, the first time we were taking on London. So Rainy's time out. 
jam with one blocker in that penalty box. That's Missy Rascal. Weevil on the jammer line, joined by number four, Delta Strike for London. Uh, we, so we played some Division One Championship playoffs and we lost by five points, um, which meant that London were able to go to championships that year. And it was an electrifying game. In Sleezer, that is just amazing, amazing, amazing. Hot on her heels as well. Weevil is coming up, uh, joined by freshly. Absolutely, I would say if you wanted to watch a, a, a game of roller derby that would absolutely set you on fire, I think that would be it. And um, yeah, two years later, they played London at the Euro Champs, which was a, a Euro um, tournament which was hosted by Rainy City in Manchester. And Rainy City beat London by five points. And the crowd was, you couldn't hear yourself think. They went just so wild. Everybody knew the history. You know, it was so tense throughout the whole game. They Rainy City really just dug deep, you know, to, to find those points. And London were not giving it up. They did not want to give that up, you know. Um, and the game was, again, it was just another explosive one. But if you wanted to watch one all the way through, I would say... 2017 Malmo D1 playoffs under the FTDA. So what makes a great roller derby player and why should people join? Commitment, perseverance and enjoyment. So I think for me, you don't have to be the most fit person in the world when you start roller derby. That might evolve if you want it to, but you don't have to be an athlete before you play roller derby. That's the beauty of the sport that can really come with time if you want it to. Um, a great roller derby player is able to really think about the strategy and implement it on the fly, on the move, um, literally, and also be able to adapt to scenarios that are put in front of them. So for me, a great player is somebody who is really happy to be there and enjoying enjoying their sport because I think that enjoyment and that passion and enthusiasm really predicts how you're going to play on the day and how you're going to play uh, with your team I think you have to be a team player you can't be a lone person in this sport just trying to make it happen by yourself you have to have the trust and be trusting of your team but but for me, I think the biggest thing is that a, a great roller derby player just really enjoys their time there and wants to help other people to be as good as they are or to come on that journey with them. And I see that throughout my league and throughout other leagues across the world, that that enjoyment and that desire to share this enjoyment, um, it perseveres across the world. We're so happy you could join us today in Woman in Sport. I, Tess Mostelis, and my co-host Sophie Timmerman hope to continue to bring you exciting new topics. If you want to join us on this journey, make sure to follow us. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. And if you like the show and want to support us, you can become our Patreon on patreon.com slash Podcast. See you next time.